Tanya vampires. <laughs> I could see. I, I don't know if people, you guys obviously can't see, but we can see each other. And I saw Mickey about to. Actually, I can't see you at all. So um... I know. Actually, I can only see Mickey. So it's yeah. really great. <laughs> Um, so I'm like constantly like self I'm super self-conscious like I was like eating but before we were talking before we were recording and I was like oh it's so weird but whatever <laughs> before well it's video vampires everybody it is video vampires and um you know one thing that we did we've done this a few times but we, we haven't done it once during this pandemic which uh which is where we kind of planned like a little marathon and uh yeah you know, this is our third stay at homeathon. Yeah, and, and it's, now is like the time when people are acting like before it was like, let's do a stay at home a thon because we don't like going out. And now it's like, let's do one because nobody can go out. I know it was, it's kind of sad because like before we were both like, we love inside, we love movies. Like, this is our stay at home a thon because we're both, you know, inside people, even though we, we obviously go outside. But now that we're forced to, it feels like sad. <laughs> it's our sad stay at home a thon. Yeah, it is. <laughs> we don't have a choice. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, we, we kind of we figured out six movies. We each kind of like picked them and they all kind of worked their way into like without even us knowing it. We kind of like picked similar stuff. In fact, one of your picks kind of determined like you're like, I picked this movie. It's like, oh, I'm going to cross this one out then because I don't want it to cross over, you know. So it, it was very serendipitous the way it worked out. Um, but uh, yeah, um, these are our six movies that are, um, you know, are going to uh, get you through this pandemic. And uh or not trying to drive you fucking insane or make you want yeah. to kill yourself. Until you may that, not make it worse. Yeah. I think the end's going to be a really good, um, a really good palate cleanser uh, as far as fun goes. But uh, the first movie, uh, we'll just, we'll kind of go, you still have the order, I think. But uh, the first one is, um, I, I went with Primal Rage, which is a 1988 movie directed by um, Vittorio Rimbaldi. Vittorio Rimbaldi was the son of Carlo Rimbaldi, who is the special effects guy who did, I mean, his most famous special effect was E.T., but um, oh. he also did Alien, and he did Dune, and he did, I mean, he did a lot of shit in the 70s and 80s, but his son directed this movie called Primal Rage, which is about, um, it's about, like, a, a, a virus that originates with, a rage virus that originates with, like, a monkey, kind of like 28 Days Later. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, did they steal but, like, that? I think like 20 years early, you know, prior, no, 21, about like 13, 14 years prior. But like the main difference is that while 28 days later was this kind of classy, like um, kind of this classy zombie slash epidemic film, Primal Rage is kind of like if you took like, you know, a movie like 21, 28 days later or Rabid and you mix it with a teen horror movie because it takes place in a college and it's like it's an epidemic that take, that kind of gets spread in this old college area. Um, there's even like a party like a Halloween party at the end of the movie where like a few infected people show up. So it's not, it's not handled with the, the grace or dignity of a movie like 28 days later or like Cronenberg's uh, rabbit, but it's like, it, it definitely feels like a teen horror movie, but fuck it. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> it's really good. And uh, in a, in a fun way. Um, and I, I definitely recommend people check it out, but that, that was my movie that was about a pandemic. And then you kind of like, again, this is all like, we just, we found this out when we started talking tonight you had picked another one as well. Uh, so wait, are we going, what's the order? Oh, we're going with Life Force. Um, yeah. yeah, Life Force. Actually, it took me a really long time to see Life Force. So this is Toby Hooper, um, obviously of Texas Chainsaw Massacre fame. 
Um, I didn't see it until recently. I think um, Beyond Fest had showed it maybe or some somewhere at the Egyptian. Um, it's like a really, and I'm, I'm a big fan of space alien horror. You know, um, there's this shuttle, the, the Churchill going into Haley's comet to do like, um, a rescue mission. Um, and you know, all the crew is dead, but they find these people in these like weird glass pods that also remind me of Superman, you know, when he, when he goes back, um, and he he's trying to talk to his family and he's in this like crystal like, um, place. It reminds me a lot of that. And so, you know, obviously they try to bring the aliens back to Earth and there's more like they're like they're like space vampire aliens. Um, it's really kind of cool and sexy. And like, uh, obviously, this is what, 1985. Um, so the yeah. effects are very puppety, but I think that's what makes them more scary to me. Yeah. Um, and it's actually it's like really good. It's like really scary to me and really good. Um, the the effects of these life sucking puppets. <laughs> um, it's super enjoyable. It is a pandemic because, you know, just like vampirism or, or anything like that, um, you're infecting others and they become just like you and then they go on to affect more and more and more. Um, super enjoyable film i i actually really like it i feel like it, it has a cult status now but it didn't do well in the theaters um which is sad because i think it's really cool and it's very it's such a weird departure from texas chainsaw massacre yeah but here's the thing it's funny because like I, I i'm actually a massive fan of life force um i am i'm a really huge fan of it i've almost suggested we do it for the podcast a bunch of times but uh what I love about that movie is um, it's yes, it is a departure from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but it's, it's still a, a good Toby Hooper movie in the sense that it feels that when you're done watching it, you feel like I kind of want to take a shower. Like it feels, yeah, feel kind of dirty there. And there's this one line where I'm like, this line is so fucking weird to me that it just it encapsulates all of Toby Hooper where like um, Steven Railsback, who is the main character, he's an astronaut. He's fucking, and he's like chewing the scenery he's super over the top, but he, uh, He's like yelling at the two guys with his, this woman wants me to, to force this information out of her. She wants me to beat it out of her. So <laughs> if you don't like it, don't look. And then this, there was the other actor, this person guy's like, not at all. I'm a natural voyeur. And he like, yeah. and like goes, he puts his like hand on it under his chin. And it's like, Oh my God, what a fucking weird movie. But I love it. Um, I do too. It's actually, some of the scenes are really great and it, it feels more like a fantasy film sometimes than a horror film or like a horror space film. But you know, there's that really cool scene of like the, the demon statue and it goes into her and she's like naked and like on top of them. And I was like, I would probably go for it too. man. Yeah. <laughs> like, I totally get it. And the ending is really cool. Like I'm like, yeah, it's a cool movie. It's a cool vampire space alien movie <laughs> yeah it's a it is a awesome uh awesome yeah movie. and um henry mancini did the um did the score who's also done you know you know like pink panther and mommy dearest like really old influential classic films that he did the score for i was like i was like damn life force score is really good <laughs> it is it's awesome uh, i i i totally agree and, and we're also forgetting that one of like the great i don't like one of the great moments of that movie is like the who like a movie that, like, you know, it's when I ever see interviews with this guy, and this guy's done a lot of work since, you know, but you never hear him talk about Life Force as Patrick Stewart, where I'm like, you know. Oh, yeah, I was going to say Sir Patrick Stewart, isn't it? And he, it's weird because he looks the same, but also younger. Like, he, I don't know how that's possible. Yeah, and he has an on-screen kiss with uh, Steve Railsback. Um, it's pretty, uh. Pretty yeah, I awesome. really, I really kind of liked that scene. <laughs> 
It's the, I think and it's, it's like a room full of people and everyone's watching him have this freak out, but also just get closer and closer and closer to him. So good. I, I yeah. Really, this movie's really great. Yeah. Um, your next movie was, um, well, I'll let you, I'll let you go. Okay. That. So uh, it's The Cell, which I feel like I'm going to go to bat for this. I stand for The Cell. And I've mentioned this before because I know I've talked about it. It's from 2000. I feel like it's just underrated. It's super underrated. And this movie, I think when I saw it in 2000, it like freaked me the fuck out. Um, it's like a weird J-Lo's in it, obviously, Vincent D'Onofrio, who I feel like is just this like weird maniacal genius, which he's in a lot of bad movies, but he always has the same intensity that he brings to every role, which I can admire. Um, and then also, um, what's his name? Vincent, Vince Vaughn. Uh, and this is like, you know, obviously 2000. So he had just done a bunch of other creepy movies like Psycho, Remake, and et cetera. Uh, I really like this movie. I think it's like a little more original and, and art housey, but it was still a mainstream film, obviously. Um, it's not like J-Lo's the best actor, but she, she did a really good job. You know, she plays this um, mind doctor within this like, um, experimental mental institution where they go into people who are like paralyzed, um, like mental, like paralyzed where they can't move, but they're still conscious inside, like a conscious type of, um, of like stroke and stuff like that. And they go into the, their mind and try to pull them out that way. Um, I always, I remember the scenes. I remember the suits because the suits very much look like, um, Dracula's suits in, uh, in Bram Stoker's Dracula, you know, they're red and they're like hard and they look like the warrior suits that um, Gary Oldman wore in the beginning. Um, and the, even the transition between reality and into the dream world is really cool. And then you're going into the serial killer. So basically what happens is, you know, they catch a serial killer and they're like, the only way we can figure out where the missing girls are is if she goes into his mind. Uh, and so that's the whole premise of the film. But honestly, it's it's really I feel like people just don't give it enough credit. I feel like it's way more entertaining and creepy than than people want it to. Um, I don't know. They tend to shit on this movie, but I, I fucking think it's great. I mean, I'm willing to rewatch it because I remember seeing the theater and not being in love with it. I visually, I think that movie is fucking stunning. I mean, and the guy who a bunch of music videos uh, in the 90s, like uh, R.E.M.'s Losing My Religion. Dude, and Billy Idol. Billy Idol and Vogue. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I just, I think my problem was exactly what you just said, which is like J-Lo is just not a great actress. I thought she was great in U-Turn by Oliver Stone. Uh, well, she was Selena, but still anyone, I feel like she encapsulated Selena and that's, yeah. I'll always give her that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Vincent D'Onofrio is fucking fantastic. And I mean, I just think that movie was like, had a lot more going for it visually than plot wise. But at the same time, like I was at, a, I think I was, my expectations were, super high maybe a little unfairly because i was like really i because i remember seeing that in the theater and just being like really excited and then maybe i just i imagined it was going to be this impossible movie but um i also just didn't i felt like a lot of the promotional stuff and the artwork like didn't really like sell me on the movie you know like they felt like they were more selling it on j-lo than they were on um the, like you know the artistic novel. merit yeah well, i feel like yeah, maybe yeah. yeah you're right like maybe if they had a different actress the movie would have done different but honestly like dude that that part where they like splice the horse if you remember yeah. and it's like in between the glass panels and 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 they've done that you know in 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 humans and in history so they could learn about it um obviously the horse or people weren't alive at the time i think but um 
it it's such a really jarring scene and and it makes it very scary and like his whole thing with like making women into dolls it's just like yeah. honestly i i really fucking love it i think i i think i love this movie <laughs> yeah, i mean look and, and I, you know i'm, I'm bashing j-lo but i will give her this is that like at that time period for and i'm always i always give an actor credit for this you know like um at a time period when like you could be doing you could be doing you're like you're hot you're like a big deal and you could be picking like any role that will just like get you you know you'll just you'll win you'll you know it'll be a box office success she went for a weird role she went for a weird movie not a weird role but a weird movie and it's like um i was re-watching rock hudson in seconds uh, i was watching seconds for the first time actually a few nights ago with rock hudson in it and i was talking about how like i was talking with my uh, a friend of mine my, our friend steve who was a we did it. We watched it via Zoom, and we, I was just like, I'm always impressed when an actor who's kind of like at like a at a spot in their career where they can like they can pick anything, and they still picked it. They 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 just decide to do like the weird movie, you know, like the mm-hmm. poppy movie. So I will always give. I mean, like Vincent D'Onofrio being in this movie is not a shocker. It's like he's born for movies like this. But J Lo and even Vince Vaughn, but more J Lo, I'm like, good for her, man, because like. You know, you could expect her to be doing stuff like, I mean, you could expect her to do what Halle Berry did with Catwoman, you know, but like she didn't, she did The Cell and that's a fucking weird movie. And um, I say this after she like, and then I think like, two years later she did Geely or something like that. But yeah, kudos to her, man, for picking a weird fucking movie to do because it is a weird fucking movie. It's like, you're right. It is mainstream, but it's got some, uh, it's got some weirdness to it. Yeah, I I honestly I stand for it. I think um, more people should give it a second try for sure, especially now just to reflect back on it and be like, oh, okay, it's really not as bad as I thought it was. And it is like you said, it's visually stunning. Like there are some really beautiful pieces in it, and especially you know like when Vincent D'Onofrio is like inside his like when they find him and like he's the king of his own mind universe. It is it is really interesting. He's like this weird. Um, kind of like alien king of his own universe it's oh, it's yeah. really great it's really great and yeah that's so awesome. it was it is really, that is, is all awesome and uh but um the mm-hmm. uh kind of, kind of maintaining the weird movie factor i went with um the next movie I went with was and i talked about this in a previous episode but i went with a movie called the curse it's a 1987 film directed by david keith who is the guy who played not Keith David, but David Keith? <laughs> yeah. He um he's a, he plays uh Drew Barrymore's dad in Firestarter. He was in um Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was in Daredevil starring Ben Affleck, who dated J Lo for like ever. So it's all kind of, no, that's not the connection. Um <laughs> but, uh, the curse was uh the I mean this movie, you know, we I had mentioned the curse when I had I had seen the color out of space because the curse was also an adaptation of the color out of space. Um and that was with um this one had Will Wheaton from Stand By Me and Star Trek Next Generation, also starring Patrick Stewart. See, all these movies are going to be connected somehow. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, Will Wheaton plays this kid on this farm where, like, you know, if you've seen Colorado Space, you've, you kind of know the story where it's like a uh, meteor crashes and it starts affecting the wildlife and the people on the farm and everything. And Will Wheaton's basically the only – him and his little sister are the only two people in the family who are, like, not drinking the water and are freaked out by, like, you know um, – you know what's happening to their family what's happening to the animals and then um god damn i'm gonna draw a blank on his fucking name but he was in dukes of hazard and he was on smallville um he plays this like i want to say like an epa guy who's like investigating and uh um god john schneider that's the name i was looking for mm-hmm. um but he plays uh you know like kind of like a, a guy who's investigating the water and he knows his weird shit's going on but 
what I like about it is that it is one of those movies where like, um, you know, uh, just it builds the creepiness gets built up and you've got Claude Akins who was, um, he was a, uh, in a lot of Twilight Zone episodes, he was in the monsters of doing Maple Street. He's in the little people. He's an actor that even if you don't know his name, if you see him, you go, Oh shit, I know who this guy is. And he always, it's really weird because in the Twilight Zone episodes I've seen, he always plays the moral compass of the group, you know, or like he's the one who's basically trying to tell people you guys are being fucking crazy. You guys are being like a, an angry mob. You guys got to cut the shit out. Granted, he plays like a lesser, uh, you know, kind of a jerk character in the Night Stalker series or the Night mm-hmm. Stalker. Um, but I, I will always associate him with the Twilight Zone. So seeing him as this like Bible thumping religious farmer who's like basically becoming like deranged because of this like fucking um, this this the influence of this meteorite. Um, that's that's it's really unsettling. And, and like I said, it just gets weird. And there's moments I feel like are genuinely creepy. Um, I also, like I said, I'm, I'm a big fan of the fact that it was this, it was directed by David Keith, you know, who like, whenever we see him in movies, he's always like, he's kind of like, if you need a cowboy and you can't afford Dennis Quaid, David then- Keith, <laughs> you know? like, um, and so he's got this kind of like, you know, like this kind of gruff, like Southern, like, you know, demeanor. But then when he just got, when he gets a chance to direct the movie, he directs this weird fucking like H.P. Lovecraft adaptation. It's, let me put it this way. It's not as crazy as uh, Colorado Space. Colorado Space is by far the um the fucking craziest it's like one of the best lovecraft adaptations in my opinion but one thing that always stood out to me about the curse was um there was this poster and it would hang on it would be like at this laundromat that my mom and i would go to when, when i was living in new jersey it's like this giant hand like lifting a house up and then will wheaton's face in the background and it's just like it looked terrifying and i was like oh my god i never want to see this movie because it looks so scary and of course when i got older i watched it it's like oh man it's actually legit it's fun to watch because there are some some creepy moments. Will Wheaton hates this movie. Really? Um, yeah, I, I you know I hate that too. I hate when, like when like don't fucking slum in horror movies if you're gonna bitch about it later. But um, yeah, true. I I you know it's like I I really dug this movie a lot. I think it's really it's a lot of fun. It's a weird little movie. It's worth checking out. Um, I don't know where you. I mean, I think it's streaming somewhere. You got you can find it, but it's uh that's a good one. I really I really dig the curse and and. Again, it's it's not the greatest Lovecraft adaptation, you know, and it's not even the best adaptation of that story, but it's a fun movie on its own, you know, and um, I really, I think that it, it's weird, and I think it, it flows nicely with the cell, which is the cell's like super fucking weird, and then the curse kind of brings you down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, fifth movie on our, our list um, was a movie that I also mentioned a few months ago, uh, Race with the Devil, with uh, Peter Fonda and Warren yeah. and... Um, you got it's it is like the 70s you had um you had like there was like a huge influx of like devil related movies you had like you know yeah baby was popular in the 60s and then you had the exorcist you had um you know devil's reign with ernest borgnine and william shatner you had fucking you know the omen you had the sentinel you have all these like devil or hell related movies and then you also had these fucking awesome car chase movies you know like um death race and uh you know what else um you know later on you'll have like Smoking the Bandit and stuff like that. So, what can you do but combine both those fucking genres? <laughs> Unlike, uh, unlikely genres, but uh, you know, uh, then you've got so you got Peter Fonda and Warren Oates, and they're playing these two dudes who like with their with their gals, you know, their respective wives, go on this fucking. They they're climbing to their their his buddy Peter Warren Oates's uh, RV, which is like a fairly newish thing in the seventies, where it's like it's like driving around a fucking house, you know, um, a little apartment. 
Um, so they all, they're going to go on this fucking trip and they, they, one night, the two guys accidentally stumble upon this like satanic ritual in the woods. And, um, from there on in, they're being like fucking chased by like, you know, through, you know, by these Satanists and they don't know that every town they stop in, they don't know who's a Satanist and who's not a Satanist and who's, you know, and everybody seems like they're in on it, but some people, it's, you know, some people don't, it's like, it's, it's weird. And, and it's yeah. it, car chase movie but by car chase i mean there's a fucking giant rv and then all these cars chasing after it and they're all satanists and it's fucking <laughs> rad. Like, um I, i've I never just, seen it oh god it's so good and it's like i i really i really want people to watch it i mean like that's a fucking driving especially because i've been going to the driving a lot like that's on the like, god i would kill to watch that driving because it's just like it's again it's just like everything you want in a 70s exploitation movie um as far as like i said you know i Devil movies are cool. Car chase movies are cool. Let's have a devil car chase movie. Yeah, they're fucking rad. It's awesome. Um, And I also, I'm a big fan of like, I mean, I love Peter Fonda, you know, and it's like, it's kind of like a weird, not quite depart. He's still kind of playing that like laid back, like cool dude from like Easy Rider, but like not as, you know, Zen, you know, and, and Warren Oates, I just love Warren Oates, you know, like, uh, you know, um, specifically the wild bunch, you know, where you're just like, oh, so you have like, you have these two great actors at the end of time. And like, and then you've got like, I think R.G. Armstrong, who's like one of those character actors you see in every fucking thing. I think he played prune face and Dick Tracy. But uh, when you hear his voice, you go, oh, that fucking guy. And he plays a sheriff who may or may not be a Satanist. And it's like, oh my God, it's just so fucking rad. And, um, and it's fun. And I, and it's, and like I said, there's moments in that movie where I'm like, I actually think the, the ending to me legitimately creeps me out. There's a lot of people who are like, man, fuck that ending. The movie's cool, but fuck the ending. And I'm like, no, man, do, do not fuck the ending. The ending is awesome. Um, so uh, that was my, uh, I feel like that was a nice segue into your pick. Um, yeah. I wanted, I wanted to keep the ending light. Cause I feel yeah. like sometimes if it's too, too much, your brain shuts off and it's, we're now, you know, into the hour. Uh, stay tuned. Stay yeah. tuned is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, it's 1992. Uh, you have John Ritter, um, RIP, uh, about, you know, the, this like, oh, what fuck, what's his name? He's in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He's just yeah, like, he yes, uh, he's just so good. <laughs> he's in it too. Uh, but you know, you have like a, a TV salesman, um, who's like trying to pawn off this like giant, um, what are they called? I'm having a brain fart. Satellite or radio. Satellite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and for cable. And so all of a sudden, um, you know, this thing goes haywire and it sucks um, the mom and dad into this hellscape TV land. Um, and so it's a horror comedy. And some people say it's like adventure, you know, but I it's still very much a horror movie because, you know, you're set up in these weird hellish TV shows where you die or they're the whole premise is like, they're just trying to kill you. And no matter what genre you're in, you know, if you're in romance and you're in cartoon, you're in a game show uh, and they just been, you know, they're just trying to get the fuck out. Um, I love it. It's like, it's just like you said, we're, we're going into the fun zone. It's a really fun, like kind of scary, uncomfortable movie um that's like totally enjoyable and it will end on like a, a much lighter note because they eventually get out but you know they still sure. have this experience of this like weird you know trapped tv hellscape that they're in i i, I saw that in the theater when it came out and i, I really i loved it and i I've, I've watched it a lot of times growing uh as i've been old as i've gotten older like i actually found a, a there was a video store in north hollywood that was going out of business and they were selling videos and i saw stay tuned there i was like 
yes. And then I called, a friend of mine came over and she and I watched it because me and her were both like, we would constantly reference one. Like, so, uh, you know, to kind of elaborate what you were saying, like it's these feuding couple, John Ritter and Pam Dauber, and they're like, they're fighting. They're about to like divorce or whatever. Like she's about to leave him because he's a couch potato. He's obsessed with TV. And, uh, but the TV shows they get sucked into are these weird, like they, they get sucked into these weird TV shows, but they also get into, um, there's also these different like parody. Like you see commercials for all the other shows, like, um, they're all, you know, um, well, there's a Wayne's world parody, you know, where they're, world, yeah. <laughs> um, from Saturday night dead, which actually is my favorite part of the entire movie, just because I love the way all that set looks like just like, I, there's something about that movie. I really, and also like when that movie came out, Wayne's world was a huge deal and I, I was a big fan. So, I mean, that scene, that scene really stuck out to me, but like now I'm older, I'm like, man, there's something really cool and kind of eerie about this. Like, especially when they cut to the audience, there's just a bunch of dead people that are like cheering. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, like, um, some of the show, here's the thing about that movie is like, I, I will say this, I've watched it many times recently and it doesn't hold up as much as it did when I was a kid, but like some of the movie, like the show and TV parodies, um, or movie parodies fucking kill me. Like, um, uh, my three sons of bitches. Yeah. It, <laughs> I laugh. I, like, I, I mean, I remember like I was watching this like a year ago and I was like losing, like, I was like trying to breathe. I was laughing so hard because I was just like, I'd completely forgot about it. And then it's like, my three sons of bitches and i was like yeah funny and stupid like um, i feel like it would hold up well for us because we remember you know we have that type of nostalgia that we can remember it but someone new watching it i feel like they wouldn't get half the jokes yeah, yeah. i mean like i mean because even when we were kids nostalgia was a big deal I and mean, we had like we grew up in an era of like nick at night you know so like we were like, our the generation we grew up in or the time period we grew up in was still th looking back to the other generations, you know, whereas I feel like a lot of that, you don't get that as much. I don't hear a lot of kids now being like, you know, talking about 90s stuff or, eight, you know, like I'm talking about like kids these days are, are, they're not like, they're not kind of buying into any sort of nostalgia. They're always looking forward. Whereas our generation, you know, um, we were always looking backwards and, um, but like in the Maxwell commercial, like, I mean, the infamous Maxwell commercial is like this guy, you know, he has like a, He's sitting down in this lounge chair and then says like his butler, you know, um, brings him something and then turns on the radio and the guy just sits there while like the wind blows him, you know, blows it, you know, because the, uh, yeah, the, yeah. the speakers are so powerful. Well, and the, this parody's Max Hell and it blows his head off. And it just, again, such a stupid bit, but I, I it cracks me up. Um, God, what was the other, some of the other, the exercisist, you know, with the, uh, <laughs> the where the lady spin, makes her head spin backwards. Uh, God, there was, um. There was, I can't remember what the Manson, oh, totally sadistic home video or totally hidden sadistic home video where like the guy knocks on the lady's door and tells her her husband's dead. And she starts crying. He's like, ma'am, look over there. And she's like, oh my God, I'm on totally sadistic home video. And, <laughs> um, the thing about Stay Tuned is like, you know, when I was a kid, I loved it. Watching it now, I kind of, it, I'm, the only part that really bums me out is that I think that I feel like that movie could have been and maybe should have been darker, like maybe not geared for like kids, you know? Um, it would have made the movie fucking, I mean, like that movie is just ripe for, I mean, I hate to say this, but like, I would actually love to see a remake of stay tuned. That was like, you know what? We're not, let's, let's just go for the PG 13, the R rated crowd and just kind of like make it lean a little bit more into the horror because it does become like a, an adventure movie. I mean, there's, yeah, right. There's a whole dance sequence with Envo, uh, salt and pepper, which is awesome. It um, is awesome. It is. It gets really campy and it's like, yeah. Like you said, it, it's a little soft, but it's still, it's still kind of scary. Yeah. Um, but I think I, I just love it. Like you said, yeah, it's, the, it's like a great... the potential for something um, edgier is there. You know, something a little bit more satirical, making really making fun of like 
television and media and like you know consumerism as opposed to like just parody like these again uh three uh three men in rosemary's baby that's another great one i just thought of um yeah i mean like i it would have been cool if, I, I think at one point i imagined too when you watch that that um it, 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 the first script of that movie was probably a little bit more like that and then as it went through different like you know drafts and then the studio gets involved and like well no we can see that we can we see this more as like a family movie if you tone it down a bit like i can see that there was a i can actually imagine there was a moment in that movie's history where it was a lot darker and a lot more um you know like i said edgier a little then, more adult yeah a little more adult and that's and that's fine but here's the thing is that john ritter is we often overlook um how fucking funny that guy was like the guy's fucking comic timing is great I and mean, like and if you don't believe me rewatch bad santa where he's he i think he fucking yes everybody i forgot you know? it wasn't that like one of his last roles it was you know i think the movie was dedicated to him but like he is so fucking funny. like when i rewatched watched that movie and billy bob thornton's great but john ritter really fucking killed like the like the guys the the way the guy could do a lot without saying anything is great and john ritter was a funny fucking dude and he was and he was versatile i just i just recently picked up the um the original it miniseries that he was in it's like whoa john ritter is like a series john ritter was doing shit like that like john ritter was a good actor and like he's great and then pam dauber who's like her claim to fame was uh more Mindy. So it was like, yeah. kind of like they both get to riff off of those um their those, TV background, you know. Yeah. Um Jeffrey Jones is in it, like you said. Um Eugene Levy. Oh know? yeah, I forgot he was in it. He plays oh, the guy, uh, he plays uh, the guy who Jeffrey Jones is like kind of rival. Again, uh Salt and Peppa's in it. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, even if you want to just see a fucking movie where John Ritter's dressed up like Prince, there you go. You know? Yeah. And who wouldn't want to see that? I, I know I do. Actually, I I, I, I fucking, I really, I, I'm not going to lie. I rewatched that movie like a month ago. It was like winding down at work. And I was just like, ah, you know, there's nobody calling in. I just popped on Stay Tuned. And like, um, oh man, it was so good. It is. It really is. It's just like a fun, like it's more of a horror adventure. I still want to say it's horror because some of it actually scares me. Like the idea of being stuck in TV really scares me, even though that's what we're all glued in. Hence the point, but yeah, exactly. it is, it like freaks me out. So I, I really like it. I, I really do. It's just like one of those, like you feel better watching it. You could see John Ritter yeah. and this like familiarity, you know, like this, this like comedic relief. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's 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 great, and and I think it's a good. I think we go from Race to the Devil, which is a car chase devil movie, to like Stay Tuned, which, you know, this is the the funner version of of uh, our Satan films. Uh, <laughs> things up. I mean, like you know, it's like you're right. I mean, like there's still a tinge to that movie that like uh, you're gonna be reluctant showing it to a kid and having to explain it to him, you know, like because the themes are kind of like dark and everything. But uh, you know, and also there's a great fucking animated spirit. Uh, uh, animated sequence in that movie uh chuck jones is a um you know like the the old looney tunes uh animated sequence where they both turn into a uh, mice yeah yeah that's like one of my favorites where they're just like yeah. trying to escape that big ass cat that's trying to kill them <laughs> they're on a show called northern overexposure yeah. <laughs> um, i'm just like i love i mean like the parodies are like again, they're just like, perfect so fucking dumb like that i can't get over like i just laugh hysterically like um what was it like? There's like the the thing thing where the kids are all singing in the back seat of the car, and then they all get slapped with the silence. You know, the father's going crazy, like listening to the kids. Oh yeah, the Silence like, of the Lambs thing. Yeah. Oh man, it's just like stupid. I mean, like it's like stupid shit, but man, that is so fucking funny to me. And like, 
Um, again, like I will, I will randomly think about my three sons of bitches and just not, and just start laughing. And I just, I, Hey, you know, what a great fucking way to, to round off a, a six movie marathon with, Hey, something a little fun, something a little fun, something a little light, something you'll laugh at. Yeah. It's, it's guys, it's worth laughing at something right now. So, uh, round it off with, uh, round it off with stay tuned. Yeah. And that's um, our, that's our mini, a mini episode, stay at home with on three. And right. then uh, next time we're on, we're going to talk about all the stuff we watched, yeah. including Possessor. Yeah, I got to yeah, I got to figure out a way to get that. I uh, got to hold that because I got to. That's a that's someone on my list. So, all right, well, uh, guys, um, yeah, rock and, and, and roll. Have fun. Until next time. Until next time. Bye. Bye. The show starts in one minute.